Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this edition of For Your Game. June is Women's Golf Month, and we've had a lot of uh, big professional women's golf events in our area in Central Florida over the last couple of weeks, and we are currently in the uh, final two rounds of the U.S. Women's Open in Pinehurst, and to have a little conversation today about how women's golf has grown and how that part of professional golf is changing, it's my pleasure to have one of our favorites, the confidence doctor, legendary coach, and sports psychologist, Dr. Bob Winters with us today. Hi, Dr. Bob. Holly G., always great to be with you. How are you? Doing well. Recently, the LPGA's developmental tour took on a new sponsor. It's now called the Epson Tour. That's the LPGA's version of the PGA Tour's Corn Ferry Tour for my listeners. And we just wrapped up a big tournament in Mission Inn, a fantastic tournament they had last weekend over Memorial Day. And now uh, we're right in the throes of the U.S. Women's Open in Pinehurst. And I know you've worked with many, many terrific uh, high school players, college players, and it's really right in your wheelhouse to talk about the women's game today. Well, the women's game of today is so uh, diverse, it's so dynamic. Uh, the players, you know, have been well-groomed coming out of the junior programs, going into the amateur and the collegiate programs. And a big boost was given back in 1972. So this isn't anything just new. But when Title IX came through and it was actually amended to, you know, the United States Congress and Constitution to actually, you know, allow, you know, for more, you know, women's sports in colleges and federally granted institutions. And we've seen, you know, this unbelievable growth, you know, in women's sports and all sports and especially in women's golf. But if you think, you know, about the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, I mean, some of the icon, you know, names of the game. You had Patty Sheehan, you had Betsy King, Nancy Lopez, Laura Ball, Jan Stevenson. And all of these, you know, were front runners before even the Kari Webbs, the Annika Sorenstams came along. But when you look at, you know, women's golf today, I mean, it's very, you know, prevalent. And the players of today, they, they aren't... You know, uh, you know the the young players of you know 40, 50 years ago. I mean, they are dynamic and very, very well conditioned, superlative athletes who can really strike the ball, hit the ball a long way, are very precise and are very dedicated to their profession. So, what we're really seeing right now is sort of the after effect from the genesis that was created many, many years ago. And the players are getting better and better. And you just take a look at, you know, the women's open scores there at Pine Needles Country Club. When you have people like Min Jay Lee from Australia and Mina Harrigay here from America shooting 67, 66, 64, 69 on a golf course, it's about 6,500, 6,600 yards, you know, right there in the middle of all the whole Pinehurst community. I mean, those are great scores. And having, you know, worked 
you know, with many, you know, U.S. women open you know, champions. And I go back many years ago to Cherry Hills Country Club in 2005 when one of my players and also a student of David Ledbetter's, Bertie Kim, uh, won when she actually holed out from, the, you know, the last bunker, uh, you know, on the last hole. And Morgan Pressel, who now coincidentally is narrating for NBC Sports as a color commentator, was out in the fairway thinking she had a chance to win the tournament. And when she heard that Birdie Kim actually hold out for Birdie to take a, a two-shot lead, it really uh, devastated her. So anything can happen. So that's really what I'm looking forward to, a real fireworks weekend you know, with uh, this Women's Open there at Pine Needles. But, you know, as you, you know, talk about, you know, women's golf has come a long way. I remember the old, uh, you know, cigarette commercial, Virginia Slims. They used to say, you come a long way, baby. And I think that's really what the LPGA and women's golf has done at almost every level, whether you say junior, collegiate, amateur, professional. Uh, it's really, you know, developed, it's matured, and it's gotten very exciting. Well, one of the things we know, golf has been a sport that benefited greatly from the pandemic. Beginning in March 2020, um, according to the National Golf Foundation, the percentage of women on courses hit 25% in 2021, which was up 19% from 10 years ago. You know, significant number there. And in 2021, girls made up 35% or 1.1 million of junior golfers compared to 15% in 2000. So, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of the programs like the drive, chip, and putt uh, that's held at, you know, the Masters, a year-long competition, the PJ Junior Golf Leagues. The emergence of entertainment venues such as Top Golf has also created golf's growing popularity among women. And uh, I saw a statistic where roughly 45% of all off-course golfers are now women. Uh, this, this, is, this is huge news, Bob. Oh, it's, it's huge news, Holly. I mean, the big thing is for many years, and even when I actually started playing the game many, many decades ago, I mean, golf was considered sort of a, a privileged sport. Uh, not everyone was really included. Uh, but over the years, you know, with people like Arnold Palmer, you had people like Nancy Lopez and, you know, obviously Tiger Woods, they changed the whole dynamic of this game. And they made golf very much an athletic sport. They made it a very entertaining sport. But it was also a sport that was cool. So golf has become very, very cool. And you talk about these different organizations. Now, we have all the PGA and LPGA uh, member groups. Even the USGA have gotten together, you know, for drive, chip, and putt. You also have, you know, organizations that bring diversification, you know, a lot of, you know, women, a lot of different uh, minority groups into it with the First Tee program. You have the U.S. Kids Golf Program. And plus, every section of the PGA of America has, you know, a strong, you know, junior golf program. And even for me, I mean, I you know, helped start the Nike Junior Golf School Program over 30 years ago. That's right. And I know, and I know that with all of my input, we put about 20,000 kids just through my summer golf school programs, you know, about four to five weeks every summer for the past 30 weeks. So we had a huge influx of girls. I helped start the first 
Nike Junior All Girls Golf School. And even during that time, when that was down at the Boca Raton uh, Club, or Boca Raton, Florida, they even had some special guests come in and even, you know, talk, you know, to the young girls. And one of them was one Sir Charles Barkley that came in. And, you know, he didn't really talk to the girls about, you know, golf so much and his golf swing. But what it means, you know, to be dedicated because, you know, he had, you know, a young daughter and he was talking about, you know, his influence on her and how she loved, you know, go out and go play. So the whole point, you know, about women's golf, you know, men's golf is that, yes, the numbers, you know, are becoming very balanced. COVID did help a lot. You know, people who have golf courses, you know, they were, you know, filled tee times. And we, again, realize that golf is the great collection sport. Everyone is invited. It's a cool game. And let's go out and just play the greatest game that's ever, you know, been invented for men, women, boys, and girls. Well, I would say uh, that didn't come along without having to uh, turn the Titanic around a bit, Dr. Bob. We know that, uh, you know, golf was on a downslide uh, back after uh, the recession, if you will, or the financial crash in 2008 and 2009. And, uh, you know, these uh, old uh, traditional organizations were really forced to get to, to get more creative, uh, don't you think? And, and sort of reinvent itself and, and make it accessible for younger kids and make it okay to show up in your cargo shorts and bring your... Uh, wireless speaker along and you know play some tunes and have some fun and I, well, I, think, I think it's great yeah, that we yeah. we've answered the call so to speak well absolutely and I think you have always been one of the great uh, vanguardian mindsets you know with your uh, introduction of liquid golf which was really you know years ahead of its time and then you also had you know sort of the introduction of some fun merchandisers such as loudmouth golf where they came out with their apparel and their merchandising that said, hey, listen, we're going to be loud, we're going to have fun, we're going to, we're going to have great groups out there, and golf should be fun. And that's really the first three letters of the word fundamental. I've always said golf should be fun, duh, and it's mental. So, I love you know, it. Yeah, so it's fun, duh, mental. And the biggest thing you know, that I hear people say now when they start playing these tournaments you never really hear anyone talking about, I'm getting ready to go play an enjoyment. I'm not, you know, you never really hear people talk about that. They're always saying, I'm working really hard on my game. Oh, I'm really, you know, really struggling Grinding away. Game. Yeah, and the, and the point of it is, is that, you know, people like loudmouth golf, and also it became a perfect storm. You know, we had the Phoenix, the rise of the Phoenix, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, came back. He came back, you know, from, you know, a lot of different personal things, came back from having, you know, sort of the chipping yips. And he came back on the scene, and that sort of, you know, reinvigorated, you know, a lot of people to get back in the game. And let's not and, forget Long John Daly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You had, you know, he John Daly. He shook things up a people. bit. Well, I mean, there's, there's so many different, you know, things that have all helped, you know, create this resurgence in the game of golf. But 
let's again talk about, you know, really what, you know, junior golfers, you know, and collegiate golfers has done, especially, you know, for, for young ladies, for young women. So much, you know, of my clientele now has been junior golf, helping developing golfers, amateur golfers get into Division One, Two, and Three schools, but also to help them go on and aspire to have, you know, professional career if they be it, and even get into golf-related, you know, sports industry fields. So the point being is that you have a lot of high schools now are offering, you know, uh, young girl, you know, golf programs. You've also, I've also had a lot of young ladies who, who their school didn't have, you know, a women's golf team. They played on their boys' golf team, and they really were, were strong players. So you have just a lot of great, great, you know, programs sort of with the AJGA, the Hurricane Tour, a lot of the different tours that are out there that are really providing a great venue. So when these young girls, you know, get out of high school and go to college, by the time they get to the professional tour, they are really tough veterans. They've actually traveled across the country. They've had great venues, great tournaments, and, and they're ready to play. And I think that's really one of the things that you and I, you know, really need to kind of explore because when you have some of these young amateur players coming out of college who are some of the best in the nation, much like this young, you know, lady from Sweden, Ingrid Lindblad, who I think finished uh, third, you know, in the NCAA you know, tournament here recently. I mean, they come out here and they come out here to to play. They come out here to win. They're not really holding anything back. They're they're not in awe. They respect the great players, but they're saying, "Hey, I've got a great game too, and my job is to go out and beat the golf course one shot at a time." And that's what they're doing. And yeah. this young Ink Ingrid has shot 65 in the first round, kind of put, you know, the golfing world on its ear, comes back with a fine 71 yesterday. So we'll see how she goes here into the tournament. But she is really right in the mix of, of a hornet's nest of unbelievable players right at the top. You've got some of the best, absolute best top 30, top 40 people in the world with like Minji Lee, uh, Mina Harrigy, you know, Yuyen Yuyen Chen Choi, Anna Norquist is even you know making a, a big run. Tell you what, she's won what five and a half million you know since you know she actually turned professional. You know, great player from Sweden, uh, Jin Young Ko, another great player from South Korea. So you've got some unbelievable players uh, that are right at the top. And one player that I see that we haven't seen for the last couple of years, Holly, is Sun Young Park. Someone, you know, that I've known now for a couple of years. She actually belonged out here to Orange Tree Golf Club here in Orlando. And she was number one in the world, you know, for several weeks. But she's kind of fallen from grace. But, you know, somehow here at Pine Needles this week, she's, you know, kind of gotten back in stride and where she's fired two consecutive rounds of 69-69. So that's somebody to kind of put on your radar, you know, here for, you know, the next two rounds as well. Well, we're also seeing the passage of time with some of the great players from the past. Annika Sorenstam, who played Thursday and Friday. Annika did not make the cut. And uh, Michelle Wee. Michelle, you know, suffered injury, and she's now a, she's now a mommy and looking, I think, for the next chapter in her life as she, uh, I guess, retires, at least for now. Well, absolutely. And Michelle Wee West, uh, now, you know, as a mother, and she really has been a trailblazer. Obviously, she's been one of David Ledbetter's premier students for many, many years. And she won, you know, the open back, what was it, 2014, 
2015 that she won it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, great when you have players, you know, and women like her to sort of lead the charge, if we will. Annika, I mean, she's just you know, ever-present. She's done so much, you know, for women's golf. And there's another person we haven't really mentioned who was just, you know, the former PGA of America, Susie Wayru, because Annika and Susie were the first two, I believe, to have played or have qualified to actually get into uh, a men's PGA, you know, event. That's right. So, I mean, obviously, you know, Susie is, you know, fantastic and a great ambassador for golf, always has been. And she and, rose and, to know, president of the PGA of America. Absolutely, and she's done, you know, so much, and she continues to do so much, you know, for golf and, you know, for all of these organizations that, you know, she plays. Plus, she's actually raised a couple, you know, of really good daughters, and uh, I happen to have the chance to work with one of them, and that is one Kelly Whaley, who actually played here in these last couple of events here on the Epson Tour here in Florida at Alaqua Country Club and also up at Howie in the Hills at Mission Inn Resort. And Kelly is now playing, you know, around the world, and she now holds the ladies European tour record for having, you know, the most consecutive birdies in a row in a single round where she made eight in a row wow. and shot 63. So, yeah, and that was just coming off, you know, of uh, having, you know, some, you know, kind of a lackluster start. And, but, you know, a couple, you know, quick phone calls and kind of getting her head back in the right, you know, direction. Boom, she goes out and, and just rattles them off. So it's a quirky, funny game. And, and it's a great game for everyone, whether you're a boy, girl, you know, man, or woman. It's just something that is always new every day. And it's kind of like Forrest Gump and that box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, okay, when you open it up. You know what I'm saying? Sure do, sure do. Let's just talk a minute, Dr. Bob, about the skill level of professional women's golfers today. I mean, complete games. It used, It didn't used to be that way. But now you've got... You know, these women, these women drive it big and straight and long, Dr. Bob, and they have the short games to go with it, and they have the putting. You know, do you feel the U.S. Women's Open, the, the setup this week is, is really putting them to the test? What's your feeling? You know, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think the USGA could actually set set it up a little bit stiffer. I mean, we have to face it. This is the USGA Women's Open, and I think they have it set up a little bit soft. You know, one of the things I'm seeing is that, you know, uh, over the last couple of days, I'm seeing putts being made from everywhere. So obviously, you know, that means the pin positions are in very easy. Uh, I don't want to say easy, but very accessible pin positions. But let's face it, I mean, you know, the golf hole is four and a quarter inches, and you have the whole darn world around it, all right? And for you to shoot 64, 65, you've got to be doing something really well. But they're playing the golf course at about 6,500 yards. And now, that could have been great maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But with today's athletic women who are really stronger, bigger, and better in almost every category. They're not hitting the ball 225 to 230, 240 average anymore. They're averaging anywhere from 260 to almost 270 off of the tee. Many of them are hitting at 300 and 300 plus. And when you have, and it's not so much we have to make, you know, some of these holes longer, 450, 460. We need to make some of these par threes that I see that, you know, when they're hitting a, eight iron or nine iron into these holes where they could be actually lengthened out another 40 to 50 yards 
where they need to be hitting five iron, six iron, four, four iron, even hybrid. I think, you know, that makes it a much better shot maker's test because that's really what the USGA really should be doing. It should be testing every part of a player's game, just not only their mental nerve, but also their shot-making capabilities, their recovery and adaptability strengths. So if you take a look at some of the other tours around the world, whether it's in uh, South Korea or it's in Europe, I know the Amundi Masters, uh, the German Masters that the women will play on the Ladies European Tour, they have the course set up, I think, at 7,000, almost 7,100 yards. So... Uh, and there's others that are around 68, 6,900. So I would think all you have to do is just take, you know, a few of those par threes and a couple of those easy par fours, you know, move them back 50, 60, 70 yards and add about another, you know, two to 300 yards total to get into about 68, 6,900 yards. I think you would have a much better, you know, uh, contest to find out who the absolute best player is to win this U.S. Women's Open. Because in, in years past, we didn't really want to, you know, see, you know, these, you know, women golfers, professional golfers, even the top amateurs, shoot 75, 76, 77. We wanted to shoot, you know, low scores. We wanted to see a lot of birdies being made. But, you know, the bar of performance execution has been raised by professional women golfers and, and, and lady golfers in general. They're just better than what they used to be. I mean, the, these aren't your grandmother's golfers, all right? I mean, they That's are, right. You know, they're, they're, they're a whole new breed of cat out there, and these girls, as the LPGA logo say, these girls can really play, and these young women and these lady golfers can really play, and they can really move that ball around. And I was just so impressed, you know, walking around uh, Mission Inn, walking around Alaqua, you know, here at the Epson Tour, which is sort of the you know, stepping stone to the LPGA. And someone recognized me out there, and they said, Dr. Winters, what do you think, you know, some of you know, the play we're seeing? And I go, the only difference between these young ladies and the players who have their LPGA Tour cards it's just the card in their wallet because these girls are every bit as good as anything I've seen on the LPGA Tour. They just they just don't have their card yet, exactly. but, they will, but they will have it. Well, we're in for a, a great uh, moving day today and the final round of the U.S. Women's Open Sunday. And before we go, I want to mention also that June 7th, Tuesday, June 7th is Women's Golf Day events on around the world. This is a four-hour experience where women and girls, uh, whether it's for the first time or their current players, can play and engage with uh, women who are interested in, in the great game of golf. And there are all kinds of... Uh, Courses that are participating from uh, golf resorts to public courses to private courses. So you can check out womensgolfday.com. And uh, this has really become a, a growing phenomenon where we uh, celebrate girls and women, you know, playing golf and learning the skills that, that last a lifetime. Well, absolutely. And I tell you what, if 
if you really you know, aren't doing anything, you know, on June the 7th, you know, grab a friend, you know, grab, you know, a young lady or even, you know, your mother or your aunt or whatever. Take them out, you know, show them, you know, take them to the driving range, take them to the golf course, introduce them. If they've never been introduced to the game of golf, all it takes are a couple good swings. All it, t- all it takes is that one good shot. And then we've got a, you know, another young golfer hooked. So that's really all it takes. And thanks so much for mentioning that day, Holly, because it is such a wonderful game, and it's a very inclusive game. Everyone's invited to have a great time on the game we call golf. All right, Dr. Bob, always a pleasure. Dr. Bob Winters, and if any of my listeners want to connect with you, Dr. Bob, whether it's for their own game or if there's a a junior golfer in their life that uh, they want to get on the fast track, you're the man they should talk to. And they can actually reach me at theconfidencedoctor.com, or you can just Google me or find me at Ledbetter, davidledbetter.com, and you, you can find me there. And I'm always ready to help young students who are motivated to learn how to become better golfers, better people, and enjoy the game a lot more. So thanks so much, Holly G., for having me on today. Really appreciate it, Dr. Bob. You're the best. Thanks so much.